We're so excited that you're here worshiping with us today. I am in Bell Chase, Louisiana, and if you missed the announcement last week, we are becoming one church in two locations, and so we're really excited about what God is doing in our church. And as we said last week, would you pray? Would you ask God what you should give and how you should serve to make this campus expansion a success And can I tell you, I really believe that as we step out in faith and as we follow God's heart to be faithful stewards in our time and to preserve the church, I believe God's going to continue to bless us in big ways. And I believe he's anointed us to do this in this season. And if you're kind of wondering like, hey, what's church going to look like in Bell Chase? How's it going to go? What's it going to look like? Well, Today, right here, you're going to experience and you have experienced what it's going to look like in Bell Chase. Live worship, live campus pastor hosting the service and encouraging you and then an incredible message from your pastor, okay? You can laugh, I know, it's okay. An incredible message will be broadcast from Paris Avenue normally to Bell Chase campus. And I think it's kind of a cool thing that we can use technology to share God's word. And so I want you to lean in today. I want you to grab your worship guide to take some notes. I believe that if you'll open your heart, even through the screen today, that God's going to touch you, God's going to encourage you, and I believe it's going to be a beautiful day. Now, today we are in week four of our series, I Don't Know, and in this series we're tackling some of our biggest questions because we all have questions, we all have doubts, We all have some things that we're trying to figure out. And so uh, you were designed, you were designed to ask questions, to learn, to grow, and to accept truth. That's what we said every single week. Week one, the topic was, I don't know what to do. And so we just broke life down very practically. And week two, I don't know what to do with doubt because it's a real part of our lives. And then last week, Pastor Richard Mungavin from South Africa, I don't know what to do without the church. Now today, put your seatbelts on, everybody. I don't know what to do with hot topics. We're going to jump into some hot topics, and uh, I want you to kind of get prepared because I really believe it's easy, easy, easy whenever somebody brings up what I call a hot topic, a hot potato. It's easy as soon as someone throws it into your lap to be like, no, I don't want that. And today I'm going to hopefully arm you with how to deal with and how to work with and how to, how to move through hot topics in a way that you grow, you learn, you get better. And we also don't divide the whole world any further than it is. And so let's jump into our notes and jump into today's topic. I don't know if you've ever walked into a party and someone dropped a hot topic bomb. I want you to imagine with me all around this room, imagine with me kind of, you, you come into the party and the music's bumping and it's kind of feeling good. It's, you, you're kind of like enjoying the vibe. You got, you got your drink, you got your hors d'oeuvres and you're just hanging out and then a handsome guy or gal walks up to you and you're thinking, that's right, I know I look good. Come on over here and you pull them in and they say, hey girl, hey girl, what do you think about racism? How about abortion? You know, I really love Donald Trump. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? How about this? Let's take it spiritual just for a moment. You're in a church, like a single church, small group, and someone walks up to you and is like, hey, guy, 
And you're like, yeah, you know I look good, right? And they walk up to you and they say, how do you feel about premarital sex? And then your first thought is like, with you? <laughs> I don't know if that's okay, right? And so we all have our hot button, hot topic issues that when they're brought up, we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about that. I don't know what I should say. And we just feel awkward. And can we all today, can we all just stop, laugh a little bit, and maybe even cringe a little bit, right, to some of the things that happen in our society, and I also, I also like to just stop and say, could we talk about anything else like Oreo cookies, please, or <laughs> nectar cream snowballs? Can I get an amen from somebody? And maybe the One Hope Bell Chase campus, that would be cool. Or some of you, if you're really paying attention, uh, Travis, Kelsey, and T. Swift, right? I think Taylor Swift is gathering two albums worth of breakup songs right now. That's what she's doing. We have so many things that come up in our society that draw our attention, and when we get to negative hot topics, like I said earlier, we just treat them like a hot potato, like someone says something and we, we tend to, I just need to get rid of it. And so today, I want to help you to understand what we most commonly do, and I want to help us to transition to what we should do. So grab the worship guide, as I mentioned earlier, and take some notes with me. Here's our first response to hot topics. The first thing we tend to do is just avoid at all costs. You, you see someone walking in and you say, I need to avoid that at all costs. It's kind of like a gazelle trying to evade capture by lions. You see the person who typically brings that thing up walk into the party or into church or into the small group and you beeline for the other side, blinders up, like I didn't see you. You're in the coffee shop. You go the other way. I understand but Proverbs 19 and 7 says, the poor are shunned by all their relatives. Just time out for a minute. The poor are the hot topic in this verse. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends, come on, say it with me, their friends avoid them, right? There is this tendency when I just don't know what to do, and, and just to, I feel a little uneducated on the topic, I'm going to go the other way. Today, I believe that avoiding is not going to produce the best things in our lives. But that tends to lead us to the second phase. If we can't avoid, number two, what we tend to do is we start pretending. We just kind of like nod, we smile, we go along. But on the inside, we're like, I hate this. I wish you would stop. Would you shut up, please? You know, like, and we're just kind of going along. Come on, somebody in the room right now, would you be honest with me and say, you've pretended at least once? Come on, everybody. We, we, we pretend, your pastor has pretended a couple of times in the middle of some of your crazy stories, all right? I have. I have said, oh, okay, wow. Well, God bless you which is code in the South for you may be a little ignorant, you know, but we love you, all right? We tend to pretend, and even in this process, this is where social media plays a big role. We're like strategically liking certain posts so that we can go back and later say, well, I, I said that, and I, I like that. But in, in all actuality, we're just going through the motions, hoping no one attacks us. Proverbs 21 and 29 says, righteous people are sure of themselves and the wicked have to pretend as best they can. Wow, what a, what a challenging verse. The righteous are sure. You know you don't have to pretend, but the wicked, the people who don't know who they are, they have to go through the motions with everybody else. 
As if avoiding and pretending weren't enough, the third kind of goes a little bit further. The third thing that we often do is we pick sides. And this is where we go to the, uh, the far extremes of an idea and, and you know, we, we Google what we think we know or what we should know or we Google the other argument and we go to the other side. And the most hurtful insults often come in this process. And I really think this has been allowed because of what social media has allowed us to feel as though we're not with a person so I can say anything I want. And that is a dangerous thing because we're saying some of the most hurtful things. In my generation, we didn't have social media when I was really young like that. And so if you said some of those things, you were kind of afraid somebody might pop you in the mouth, you know. And today, I'm not condoning violence, but if you thought to yourself, if I said this to them in person, they might punch me in the mouth, maybe you shouldn't post it on social media. Can I get a good amen out there? Right? Maybe we shouldn't say it. Romans chapter 16 and verse 17 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Come on, read it with me. Keep away from them. Because here's the reality. When you pick a side, you divide. See, we've got this middle part of our world that most people aren't as far from each other as we like to pretend. But we've got these 10% edges on both extremes that love to make a lot of noise, scream about a lot of things, and their goal is to divide and conquer us. And so today, I just want to say to you that we shouldn't avoid, we shouldn't pretend, we shouldn't uh, uh, pick sides because when you pick a side, that's where you cause the most division, and that's where we're really at risk. We're really at risk as a people. Now, the first three, you've seen this a lot, but the last response that I find most common in our society is one that all of us have done. Maybe you haven't pretended. Maybe you didn't avoid. Maybe you didn't pick sides. Number four, write it down with me. We all tend to internalize everything that we experience in this process. We start feeling it or pretending it didn't exist. We start internalizing these hot topics and we, we're angry, we're sad, or both. We, we start feeling as though, well, I, I can't change anything and I just don't know what to do. And so you just start stuffing all of that down. There's a level of hurt. If I can just slow down here just for a moment. There's a level of hurt that many have ingested for things that may have never even been done to them. We're carrying what happened to someone else. And listen, you were not designed to carry all of these hot topics and the hurt that may have been all around the world. In past times, you might know of your one community and you would deal with the tragedies of your one community. Well, the world right now, because of technology, has become one community. And we're... We can't go through a day without death and mayhem and pain and genocide and war and, and internal, we're just internalizing all of that. And social media just makes it one, again, you're just one swipe and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to run from that. I, I can't look at that. But, but then three, three swipes later, there it is again. I just want to stop here and say, you, you weren't designed to do this. You weren't created by God to internalize all these things and to carry all of these things. Listen to how the prophet Jeremiah 
describe this in Lamentations 3. The book is a lament. That's why they call it Lamentations. He's, he's saying, these are all the things that I just don't know what to do about. I just don't, I don't know how to respond. He says, I will never forget this awful time and my soul is downcast within me. When you see someone that's internalized so much that they have a hard time actually making eye contact with you, that, that every conversation is about the past and the hurt that was there, uh, today I need you to understand that, that because of the prevalence of hot topics and the, the, the divisiveness that comes with it, that we're just walking around and we're just chopping off limbs of people. We're just hurting, hurting, hurting. And today, I need you to, to realize that that is not what God wants for you. I want to help you to, to understand today that, that God has a way forward for you that is actually healing and refreshing. Say those two words with me. It's both healing and refreshing. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding or your ability to Google something or the idea of something you read on Wikipedia. Don't lean on the world's understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't run from him. Don't run from the idea of him. And he will what? He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. And what does he say will happen if you do this? It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Today, my prayer for you is that we would understand that there is a better way forward. That there is healing and refreshing instead of running side to side away from each other and, and trying to internalize and not knowing what to do that you would realize that, that God, if we trust him and we do things the way he has asked us to do them, we will find healing and refreshing. So I'm here today to help you to expand your toolbox. Instead of feeling like somebody's dropping a hot potato in your lap or somebody is throwing something at you, instead of throwing the blinders on and feeling like you need to run away, I want to help you because we do know what to do with hot topics because we trust God we acknowledge God. We've leaned into his understanding. We've allowed him to speak truth in our innermost parts. And there are some of us who are very healthy and very refreshed to help you today. So let's be practical in our remaining time in, in the message. Let's, let's uh, identify the same four things, but let's turn them to what are the actual positive and healthy responses we should have. Here's the first thing we should do. Instead of avoiding, we should, we should ask questions. I had an incredible mentor years and years ago. He said, he said, Josh, you can ask me anything, but you can tell me nothing. And what he was saying is like the way that we approach people in conversation makes a difference. We're making way too many statements as a people. And what we need to be doing is stopping and saying, well, tell me about your experience. What happened to you? How did it go? Help me to understand why you feel that way. What happened and when you ask questions, you're opening the door to learn something maybe you didn't know already, to actually gain understanding. Because remember, I said this in the series, you're designed to question, to learn, to grow, and to accept truth. We've just got to get better at asking questions instead of making so many statements. 
Many years back in Baton Rouge, uh, a traffic stop escalated into an officer-involved shooting. And the situation became volatile. There was a lot of racial tension. Maybe some of you remember this. And there was a lot of frustration. And instead of assuming things or avoiding things, I had a gentleman in our church, a black gentleman, who, who we were close friends, and we were going on a road trip together to Birmingham. For He was joining me for a church event, and I was really excited for the five-hour drive because I, I had some questions regarding his experiences. And man, I tell you, that five-hour drive was so uh, helpful to me as I discovered that there are people who don't look like me that have had different experiences than me. It was so informative, and he had, you know, so he was uh, a little wealthier. He had done really well for himself, had this really amazing car, and um, he was really okay with me driving his car. And so, like, at the time, I didn't have that nice of a car, but I'm driving this Mercedes car. Come on, everybody. It's like, I'm like, I'm trying to be gentle with it, but I'm also... I'm also really heavy on the right foot, okay? And I, I've been honest with you guys about this. And so I'm rolling and he's game and then we swap and he drives. And then immediately what happens, he's in the right lane driving slow. And I'm like, bro, we can, we can move. And again, it led us into a further discussion. Why does he even drive the way he drives versus the way that I drive? I looked at him. I said, man, I know how much money you make. You've got ticket money. You can drive in the left lane fast. And he just laughed with me. And he said, no, no, this was my experience. And he helped me to understand what was the root cause of what was causing so much disruption in Baton Rouge those years ago. And so all I'm saying to you today is that when instead of assuming that you know, you just ask questions and you learn. Jeremiah 6 and 16 says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. When someone makes a statement, how about this? Instead of making a statement back, or while they're talking, instead of coming up with your, your response, why don't you hold yourself to asking at least two follow-up questions? Why not just say, I'm going to ask two follow-ups before I even decide to share anything more? That's the first thing we need to do. Instead of avoiding, we need to ask questions. Here's the second thing. Write it down with me. Number two, we need to address the topic honestly. Please stop pretending. It's a form of lying and it's a form of hypocrisy. How about we just say, I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm in the process. I'm like you. Uh, big, uh, I'm growing and being discipled by Christ. I'm not really sure what is the best response. How about we go on this journey together? You're going to find more grace when you're honest than if you pretend. You're going to find that people are willing to go with you in the process. And, and if you're honest about your, your journey and how you went through it and how you, your experiences differ, what you're going to find is someone who's got grace for you. And, in the, and, and as we say, Jesus said, bring grace and truth to the conversation. Proverbs chapter 11 and 3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. When you start pretending, you're being duplicitous. You're, you're kind of saying one thing and going the other way. I want to say this very, very clearly, though. In the process of addressing the topic honestly, please don't affront 
attack or blindside someone. I, I had a I had a, a guy, so I used to work out with some close friends, and they decided that they were going to invite a friend of a friend into the group. So I didn't really know the friend of a friend, but I was my friend I was working out with all the time. But the new friend came in, and I, I just got to tell you guys, I usually work out at the end of my day when I'm trying to shut down on all the emotional things and the counseling and the doctor's visits and the hospital. Like, I try to work out in the evening so that I can have this break before I see the family. So when I show up at the gym... I do not want to pray for you. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk. I mean, I will pray for you. Come on, let's be honest. But in most cases, I'm ready to lift some weight and I'm ready to sweat. And, and I, I want that, that workout to be at such a level that it, it just distracts, allows me to have a break so that when I get home to dinner with the kids and the family, I'm not still thinking about those things. Well, what I quickly discovered is that the friend of the friend who was working out with us was always showing up with the latest hot topic and dropping a bomb right in the middle of me like lifting heavy weight. And listen, sometimes when people do that, can I just be, can I be real with you guys? It makes me want to cuss more than be nice. When I'm holding heavy weight and you throw in abortion or racism, I'm like, hey, can we like have coffee? And, ha-? and then to top it off, it seemed like he had already Googled the idea and had uh, his four talking points. And I'm like, you've given me no time to even consider whether I like the mayor or not, whether I like the governor or not, whether I like the president or not. Like, you're just like, here it is. And, and, and then if I say one thing, oh, oh, my gosh. There were two or three times. It's like, I didn't even want to be in an argument, but I was in one. Today, I just want to encourage you. When you respond honestly, that doesn't mean affronting, attacking. That doesn't mean blindsiding people. How about send them a message, say, I'm wrestling with this. Can we talk about it on Tuesday? Can we, can we, can we go through this together? So the, the first thing we, tend to, we need to do is ask questions. The second thing we need to do is address the topic honestly. The third thing we need to do is we need to avoid extremes. I'm going to say it again very, very clearly. You need to avoid extremes. The best things aren't found there. We say, well, pastor, what about sin? Got it. Okay. In regards to sin, go far the other way, right? The Bible says that you should not commit adultery. Amen, everybody? So don't do it, right? The Bible says don't lie. Don't lie. Like, go extreme when it comes to clear sin. But when it comes to hot topic issues where we're learning and growing, listen, stay out of the edges and hold on to both truths, right? And find balance in your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 18 says, It is good to grasp one thing and not let go of the other. What? Whoever fears God will avoid extremes. Some of our staff love to pick on me because I always talk about holding two things and balancing them. Come on, staff, where are you at? Put your hands out like this. You know you love to pick on me. They, they sit out in the audience, church, when I talk about holding the, and they do this in the service, right? They, they just, they, they think it's funny, okay? I'm praying for y'all, okay? I think there is something to understanding that in order to hold a tent pole up, that you need at least three or four lines that would create tension that hold the pole straight up. And when you only have one or you only have two, what happens? Everything falls down. Your life is better when you have tension. It is, it is easier to pick a side. 
It is easier in our culture to, to say, listen, everybody over here are Democrats and everybody over here are Republicans. It's easier to have code language and push everybody else out. But here's the deal. That's not healthy and that's not God's kingdom. Jesus came and said, I want a relationship with you. And you know what a relationship does? It creates tension. A relationship creates tension in your life, and that tension makes us better. So when you're avoiding extremes, you're holding on to the tension. I remember when we were in 2020 putting out uh, uh, some uh, teaching on how to tear down racism in our society, and the first topic was that we need to choose to have grace for people who may have acted in a way that's ungodly. We need to have grace for them to, to get up and to ask forgiveness and to move forward. And uh, a good friend of mine, we were talking about this, and she listened to the first topic, and she said, listen, I, 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 when I first heard the message about grace concerning racism, she said, I kind of got aggravated, and I didn't really like it, but then I realized that it was equally offensive to white and black people. And we kind of chuckled together and I said, we've held the tension because we need grace for each other to get up. And today, maybe someone has picked an extreme in your life and you just want to go to the other side to give them what they deserve. Today, I need you to hear this. That is not going to produce health for you or them. What is going to produce health is your willingness to ask questions, to address the, the situation honestly, and to avoid extremes, to have grace for the conversation. Some of the most challenging areas of my life and also the areas that I have grown the most have come out of conversations that were very uncomfortable to have. And if we're willing to say, I'm going to avoid at all costs, if I'm, I'm going to hold on only to what the Bible says, the way we say it around here, where the Bible is clear, that's what we believe. Where the Bible's unclear, we look for principles to follow. If there are no principles, then great opinions are available, and we should look to mentors and people who have succeeded. But let's, let's be clear. We're not trying to balance the Quran and the Bible. The Bible is truth. But inside of that truth, there can be some tensions or some opinions. And what I want to say to you is that Republicans are going to heaven, some of them, all right, everybody? And Democrats, some of them are going to heaven too. And independents and undecided. Listen, we are all, we are all able to have a healthy relationship with God. Same thing when it comes to denominations. The church does this like, well, you're Catholic and you're Protestant and you're this denomination. Listen, listen, listen. There are, there are people who love Jesus, follow Jesus in all those environments. Today, what I want you to know is that we pray for every church to succeed. We pray that all of those who hail the name of Jesus and teach the Bible and help people to follow Jesus, we pray for them regardless of their denominational bend, regardless of their history, their heritage, or the color of their skin. Now, listen, if we ask questions and if we allow ourselves to speak honestly and we avoid extremes, we begin to do what Proverbs 11.30 says. It says that the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. What you discover is that you may have people in your life that you 
you don't agree on everything. For heaven's sakes, my wife is here today and we don't agree on everything. We've been married 20 years and there's still things she's like, I do this and you do that. But we have an incredible relationship and an incredible friendship. You don't have to be uh, Siamese twins. You don't have to be the same. We just have to find peace and grace and commonality and grow together. Once you do the first three, the fourth one is really the most important one, I think. Number four, we begin to allow God to bring healing to our lives. Maybe even my intro today into this message was like, Pastor, I can't believe, I can't believe you kind of said it that way. Please know that my desire isn't to minimize what you've experienced. My desire is to maximize God's desire to heal and to refresh you. You may have today fear, anxiety, stress, and even trauma in some of these hot topic areas. And when I brought them up, you felt triggered in that moment. I just need, just take a breath with me, please, please, please. Please hear my heart today. Sometimes laughter is like good medicine. It opens your heart to what we really need to learn. Today, I'm not minimizing. I'm maximizing a God who can heal, a God who can refresh, a God who would say to you, there are people here who love you. There are people here who care about your issue and what you went through. There are people here who want to cross the great divide that our nation keeps trying to prop up. There are people in our church who have chosen to go to a place that maybe initially felt a little uncomfortable to them. Why? Because they believe in unity. They believe in overcoming the divisiveness of our nation. Today, I want you to open your heart to healing and to refreshing. Psalm 107 and 20 says, He, speaking of God, sent out His word and healed them and he rescued them from the grave. I believe that God desires to bring healing in all of these areas of our lives. And I need you to hear this today. God often uses people to do it. He has chosen to allow us to partner with him to do the work of ministry. So in the area of your pain, in the area where you feel like I went through that and no one cared, that area is the area that God wants you to open your heart to and allow someone to come in. That's why small groups are so important. That's why our church is built on the foundation of healthy relationships because all life change happens in the context of healthy relationships. And maybe you've been standing back because you're like, I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to deal with my sin or how they're going to deal with my hot topic. How are they going to help me today? I need you to listen to James chapter five. He says, confess your sins. I put a little extra in there. Confess your sins, your hurts and struggles to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, say with me, that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Today, as we prepare to close, this is what I know. There will always be hot topics. And if you study history, there's always been racism, 
There's always been slavery. There's always been poor and impoverished people. There's always been people who are hurting. But if you also study that history, what you'll find is that we as a people have been on a trajectory that there are less hungry people than there were 100 years ago. And there are less enslaved people than there were 100 years ago. And there are less. We are making progress, but we still have work to do. Amen, everybody? We do, we do. We have work to do. We have to celebrate the work that's been done while we press in for healing and refreshing. And today it's a value of our church to hold the tension, to ask questions, to speak honestly, but also, also, to allow God to bring healing into our lives. So we close today. Would you bow with me in prayer? All around this room, every head bowed and every eye closed. If today in this message, and maybe even during the time of worship, you've come to realize that you don't have a real relationship with God. Maybe you're here today and you came because a friend invited you, but you know you're very far from God. We believe that every service, there should be an opportunity for you to make a life-giving decision to allow Jesus to do what Jesus can only do, and that is to save you and to help you to overcome shame and guilt, to help you to overcome the distance you have between yourself and God. Today, if you're here, I won't embarrass you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I won't ask you to stand or come to the front. But if you're here today and you're far from him, and you need to reconcile with God before you could ever reconcile with someone else. If that's you, would you whisper this prayer? Say these words right after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for trying to live this life my own way? And God, would you give me the power to follow you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name.